This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist. And not Steve, the Oracle, Dan Blaker. Unfortunately, it's us two again this time around, but we'll be having him back soon enough. But you guys are stuck with the original two as we bring you another episode to talk about the NFL schedule release. We are live here at 8 p.m., well, 8.05 Eastern alongside the release of the NFL schedule. We'll be giving you our live reactions to where our teams fall on a scheduled basis. I know Money Mike has a couple of games that he's circling on his calendar, especially one that he's planning on going, and I'm planning on going to as well. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Money Mike, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm a little nervous at the moment while we're recording this podcast because as many people in our audience know and many people who know me personally know, I'm a huge Boston Celtics fan. They're on the brink of elimination in Game 6 against the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm, I'm just uh, I'm nervous. We're, we're winning right now, but it's only the first quarter. And I know the great Gino Mamalito says it all depends on what happens in the first quarter will be the results of the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding on tight to that while we're winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that is sometimes true, I will say. And Gino is sometimes right. But I would say he would say he's more right than not. We'll we'll uh, we'll uh, let the world be the judge of that. But I'm very excited to be back on the podcast. It's been a while since we've done a show. There's been a lot going on. Like you said, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. It's very exciting for you. The Celtics have their backs against the wall, down 3-2 to two against the Philadelphia 76ers. I guess very quickly, since we're on the topic here, and we'll get into the schedule release and the NFL draft and all that in a little bit, what are your thoughts on how the Celtics have played this playoffs? I feel like they still have their best ball ahead of them if they can at least get a win tonight. Well, the thing for me is that I really was surprised that Atlanta took us to six games um, because they slept on the Atlanta Hawks in game five at home in Boston. They were up by, you know, 13 with six minutes to go. You should win that, you know, handily. And they just didn't. They slept on them in those last few minutes and Atlanta stole a game. and We had to close it out in six. In terms of this Philadelphia series, I mean, you came in game one knowing that Joel Embiid wasn't playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. You're at home. You're favored already, even if Joel Embiid is playing. So it's like, well, you have to win game one. And James Harden has this amazing game. But even with that in mind, it came down to one possession where James Harden hits a shot in the face of Al Horford. If he misses that shot, we win game one. So I feel like the Celtics didn't bring the energy they needed to game one. I think they overlooked the 76ers in that game and allowed the Philadelphia 76ers to win it. Um, then the Celtics came back and beat the crap out of them. The role players like made almost every shot we took and we beat them by 34 in game two. Then, uh, you know, we went into Philly and got a, a very back and forth game three win. And then game four, we could have won that too. We just, you know, just couldn't make it work in those last few minutes. And then the Sixers really just beat the crap out of us and beat us up in game five. Like game five was the one game in the series. I felt like, okay, the Sixers won. We didn't give away. I yeah. feel like we gave away game four and gave, definitely gave up uh, game one. But I feel like the Sixers really showed who they were in game five. And I had said, whoever wins game five wins this series because I had a hard time thinking that the Celtics could do what they did to Milwaukee last year, which is drop game five at home, go on the road and win game six, then have to win game seven. So right now, as we're recording this live, it's 21-17 Celtics. They've come out with good energy. I'm just nervous that can we, in a back and forth game, show that we can do um, – you know, good execution in those last couple minutes because the Celtics are really good at playing from ahead, but we're not that great at, you know, those clutch time moments, unfortunately, which 
again, doesn't bode well for you if you're trying to go win an NBA championship. Yeah, I feel like the games eventually always, well, I wouldn't say always, but they eventually very frequently end up close, right? And if your guys yeah. like Jason Tatum, like Jalen Brown, the, the, the guys that you rely on to make a play when you need them most, when they're not able to do that, that really just saps away all of your confidence and you feel like your team needs to win big to win. And that's always, yeah. that's never a good spot to be in. But I've been kind of watching the, the series as well. Um, I feel like there, your team gets so streaky, right? And then there will be times where it seems like you guys don't even know how to make a bucket. And I feel like the struggling of Al Horford has to be a huge hit on your guys' team. He seems to not be able to shoot the ball. Usually when he has an open three, he's able to cash it. Um, that's kind of what he's on the floor for, right? Because he's not like a defensive presence that's going to stop Joel Embiid. So you need him to be able to produce in the role he is. Um, but you guys have some other great role players. I mean, you talked about White. You talk about um, who's the, the 3 and D guy. Uh, Avery, no. Jeez. Um, Malcolm Brogdon? No, the other guy. The other short and stocky guy. <laughs> oh, Marcus Smart? No, the other one. The other short and stocky guy. <laughs> Oh, uh, Grant Williams. Yes, Grant Williams. I mean, he's not that short, but um, yeah. So you guys have like great supporting players. I think everybody just needs to show up on the same night. And that, that's been the tough thing. And also you guys are playing against the reigning MVP, which is never an easy thing, right? Well, there's that. But, you know, the Celtics, the biggest problem with the Celtics all year long is they've lived and died by the three. They, they, they you know, everyone knows what happened with Ime Udoka, where we lost our head coach from last season who took us to the NBA Finals. He was a very defensive-minded guy. And Joe Mazzulla, who's taken over for him, is a more offensive-minded guy. Like, he gets asked questions about the defense and, you know, how the defense uh, handled it in a game. And he always comes back with an offensive response. Like, well, we didn't do enough on offense there. <laughs> so, it's just a difference in philosophy. Um, and the Celtics, even though they've really maintained their roster from last year, where they were the number two, uh, number one defense in the NBA in the regular season, number two in the playoffs, they are not as good as a defensive team as they were last year, which is surprising since you have all the same people. But it's that change in philosophy. Well, you don't have so. Daniel Tice anymore. Yeah, that's true. That, that was a loss there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah, so like, that's the thing is that the, that was the Celtics' identity last year, and it's just been missing from them this year. And I feel like if they had had that presence, they wouldn't have dropped a few of the games in this series, and the series would already be over. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's nerve wracking that we put ourselves in this position two years in a row. But again, when you have the experience of having done it, you can tell that to yourself and say in the locker room, okay, guys, we've been here before. And it gives you a little bit of a sense of comfort because I'll tell you this, the 76ers and their fans are nervous as hell in this game because they know that if they drop this one, it's going to be hard for them in game seven. They have these ghosts haunting them because they have not been to the Eastern conference final since 2001 with Allen wow. Iverson. That Damn. is how long it has been for the Philadelphia 76ers to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So if they choke this opportunity away, it's it, like Stephen A. Smith used to work in Philadelphia, and he said on the pregame show, he goes, that is going to be a very depressed town if they don't close it out tonight. Because he's like, these fans are expecting to win tonight. Yeah, like They are expecting that they're going to win. And they really should, because it's going to be hard for Philadelphia to go to Boston to win game one, five, and seven. Like, that would be really difficult. If they do that, hats off to them. But that will be really, really nerve-wracking. And I think any Philadelphia fan who tells you that they feel confident going into game seven if they blow game six, I think they're 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 lying. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And very quickly, want to give a shout-out to David in the chat. Thank you so much for the sub. 18 months. My man is a legend. Madden is here in the chat. He says, how many guys on this roster were alive in 2001s? 
Philly fans in general are brutal, even if they are up three eight three to zero. That is very, that is a very good point. the The two thousand one series with Allen Iverson, that was the one, that was the playoff run where he ended up stepping over Ty Lu when they played the Lakers. Right, that was the big thing. Yeah, that that there was a series where the Lakers, I think, beat Philadelphia in four games or five games. I think it was a gentleman sweep. I think okay. Allen Iverson drove them to one win. I think maybe yeah. if that they might have gotten swept, I'd have to look it up to be sure, but. Yeah, that was one of Kobe's uh, Kobe and Shaq's rings together. It was against Allen Iverson. But yeah, the heat, that was a uh, that's an iconic moment from that finals where he steps over Ty Lue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now Ty Lue is, had just got fired by the Clippers, I believe. Um, but uh, it's very interesting to think too that probably who are the two worst NBA teams to make it to the finals? I feel like it has to be that team, and then the team that LeBron took to the finals in Cleveland back in what was it, oh, 2007? Yeah. That, team was, that team was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, is it Drewness Ilgowskis? Anderson Verjaus, I Drewness Ilgowskis. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a that was a rough team back then. So it's always interesting to talk about those. Shout out to Swordmoss with the sub. He says I like the not so subtle PS5 box in the background. Yeah, yeah, you know I'm just trying to flex that uh, I got myself one of the newest generation gaming systems, Mike. How hype is that? That's awesome, man. I know you're a big gamer. You got the gaming chair, now you got the the gaming system. Yeah, I'll have to play you in some Madden and whoop your ass. You know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's not even competitive. Uh, shout out to all the listeners and viewers. Money Mike, the the best Madden player I've ever witnessed in person. It's not even close. I know some people yeah. listening will be like, oh, I would love to play him. Give him a, give him a run for I'll his I'll just money. tell you a quick story. So when I was in college, I was a, you know I was an RA, and I, I said to the guys you know to try to get to know them, I said, hey, anybody ever wants to challenge me to a game of Madden, you're welcome to knock on my door. And I had this really nice group of uh, guys my second year as an RA. They were all kind of from the same area. I don't know how this worked out to where they all had dorms in the same hallway because like, mm. they didn't plan on that. It just was a coincidence. So they all hung out together, and they were, like, really nice guys, and they all loved football. And I said, hey, guys, challenge me to a game. Man. So one by one, they showed up at my place, and they all, one by one, were sent home losers. But the <laughs> best of their group was, like, amped up to play me. He just always had some kind of scheduling conflict. So I get a knock on my door and I look through the little peephole and it's him standing there with his arms folded, looking all, you know, ready <laughs> Hell to go. Yeah. and they're all there. Behind, they're all behind him. Like they all came one-on-one -on -one when they played me. But when he came, they all showed up like, all right, he's going to, he's going to, the gonna man brought his Giants posse. Down. Let's go. He brought his posse <laughs> and it was 35, nothing at halftime. <laughs> oh my God, dude. No mercy. Yeah. Bunny Mike, that's one thing he never has when he plays Madden is he has zero mercy. I beat my friend who had never played Madden before, uh, eighty-four to zero, his first time. Yeah, I don't think you and I have ever actually played a full game of Madden. I'm pretty sure I always end up quitting by halftime because you're just fucking killing me. Um, <laughs> it's much more fun to play 2K with you, although I haven't played 2K with you in a long time either. Um, I just finished a season of 2K23, uh, NBA champions with the Boston Celtics. I swept my way through the playoffs, so I won every single game. I went 56 and two in the regular season, though. I, I dropped, I, I dropped the ball there, but but I didn't lose a single road game, regular season or playoffs. Hell yeah, look at you! I feel like whenever your teams lose in real life, you just kind of go straight to the video game, and I'm like, I'm gonna make them win myself. I actually, during this playoff run, that's what I've been doing. Whenever they <laughs> lost, I'm like, I'm going to go play a game of 2K and win so I can see the Celtics win. So I want, I had the final game of the NBA Finals against the Dallas Mavericks, who, by the way, 2K must believe that Kyrie and Luka work because they were the number one seed in the West. Like, oh, okay, didn't even make the playoffs, but okay. And uh, I won by 40. And I was like, okay, I'm giving the Celtics some good luck tonight because I just won the NBA Finals by 40 on the road. Let's go. <laughs> uh, hey, there you go. That's a good way to 
make good juju. But I guess uh, talking about Kyrie and Luca, obviously they didn't end up making the playoffs. And I know Madden is very disappointed that he, I believe he's a Dallas Mavericks fan. I don't know. It seems like he's lived everywhere at this point. He says he said he lives in, lived in Philly for six years. Um, but the other Western Conference teams, it looks like the Western Conference is gearing up uh, in a way we weren't expecting. The Lakers, they're looking good. They just lost last night to the Warriors. They're only up three to two. But it's uh, it's turned out to be very interesting on the Western Conference side. Yeah, the Lakers are in the same exact situation as the Philadelphia 76ers in that they're playing a team that they're probably – they're in a surprising position to be where they are going to game six up three to two. Um, and I feel like both Philadelphia and Los Angeles, if either of them drop game six at home, they're not winning game seven because the Celtics and Warriors are both just too good. Because going into the second round, I thought looking at how the first round went, I was like, we might be on a collision course to a rematch from last year's finals, Golden State versus uh, Boston. But also out West, you've got the Phoenix Suns, who unfortunately, there's always a team that gets played with injuries. I think there was just too much working against the Phoenix Suns um, with Kevin Durant being traded there only um, two months ago. Um, and Chris Paul getting the groin injury. Now uh, Aiton's not playing tonight. You know, that's a huge loss because you're going up against uh, Joker. Even though you're at home in Phoenix, I feel like the games in Phoenix were closer than the games in Denver. And so I feel like the Nuggets will close it out tonight uh, against the Suns. I think the Suns will be really, really good and dangerous next year because they'll have the year to build chemistry. Hopefully they stay healthy. And, uh, you know, as long as it's not against the Celtics, I would like to see Kevin Durant get a ring on his own. Uh, without Golden State. And the Phoenix franchise has never seen uh, an NBA championship. They've never won one. So that would just be a good story for everybody involved. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen for them this year. Even if they somehow get out of this Denver series alive, I just don't think they're deep enough. I I don't think they're deep enough. And I think that um, I think that the Nuggets will win. And then depending on who they play between the Lakers and the Warriors, I feel more confident that the Warriors could beat Denver than the Lakers only because the Lakers, the longer they go, the more you risk Anthony Davis being hurt by something. Some well, he left, he left in a wheelchair last night, didn't he? He had some kind of migraine. Uh, it wasn't a concussion, but he got hit in the oh, face. Oh, okay. All right. So that's not that bad then. Um, yeah. uh, speaking of injuries, uh, Jamal Murray most likely not playing, according to Madden. That's a big, that's a big point because it's going to fall literally all on Jokic, you know? And uh, one point we have to bring up is that Devin Booker was having a historic uh, – series before last game like he was shooting 79 percent from the field i'm pretty sure like that was pretty crazy so yeah he's been the the most efficient offensive player in these playoffs by the way as we're recording this celtics up 37 and 24 on the road in the second quarter so off to off to a a good start off to a good start hell yeah all right sounds good um so it is just me right now money mike had to run off and do something real quick so i'm gonna ask matt and how we doing man uh, how's life how's the stream you enjoying uh the streaming life these days my man says he's good that's good uh i've, I've never actually done this solo i, I don't know I, I don't know what to do right now i don't know what to do with my hands specifically um yeah my man's waiting on diablo i'm real hype on diablo as well um oh, what day does that come out i know it's in june <clears throat> Diablo and Street Fighter come out at the same time, Street Fighter 6. But, no, life's been good for me, man. We're very excited to see this uh, NFL schedule release. Let me see if they've actually released it yet. I know, like, they always say 8 o'clock Eastern, June 6th. Okay, so essentially the same exact time as Street Fighter 6. <laughs> They're coming out on the same day. I don't know which one to play first. 
Um, okay, let's see. NFL schedule release. All right. Do you guys know if they actually end up releasing the entire schedule at once, or do they just kind of drag it out for viewership? That shit's so annoying. <clears throat> yes, Bills and Jets, Monday Night Football opener. That's going to be exciting. Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen to start Monday Night Football. That's uh, I'm excited for this season, man. There is a lot of new shit going on in terms of quarterbacks, in terms of uh, who the favorites are in each division. Like, I know Money Mike is going to be riding the anti-Bills train. Um, he's all in on the Jets this year, thinking that Rodgers being added to that team is going to really catapult them to AFC contendership. Jacksonville, I think I'm feeling pretty uh, cautiously optimistic. Ooh, Madden says 11-win team. That's a, that's a good season for the Jets. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010, so it's their time. Um, but no, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about Jacksonville. They retained the most players out of anybody in the NFL. They didn't end up going out and getting that many new players. They kind of kept all of their guys from last year. They felt like they had a solid core. Obviously, the addition of Calvin Ridley is going to be huge. We play in a shit division, hopefully. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft results, but... Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis going to the AFC South. That makes it a little interesting, but obviously rookie quarterbacks, unless you're Pat Mahomes or someone like that, it's kind of hard for you to expect them to carry you to the playoffs. So Jacksonville, in theory, should have that division locked, so it's really just how they stack up against the rest of the AFC if they're going to be able to beat the teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, those types of teams. And luckily we play against all, well, luckily or unluckily, we play against all of them this season. So that's, uh, it's gonna be fun. <clears throat> also fun news. Um, yes, Madden, we play back to back in London, the first team to ever play two games in London in one season. If it was going to be one team it was going to be the London Jaguars, right? So first weekend, we're going to the Falcons versus the Jag or, or not, we're not going, we're playing the Falcons in London. And then we're playing the Buffalo Bills at Tottenham, stadium and Kristen and i have registered pre-registered for tickets we might be heading ourselves over to london because obviously she's a bills fan i have obviously a jaguars fan and that would be the experience of a lifetime and we've been wanting to go to one of those games over there at some point we just never knew when the right time was well we're planning on a big trip to ireland so that's going to be uh kind of tacked on going to the London game. So that that's going to be really fun. Can't wait. Um, yeah, it's it's weird to talk about myself for this long. <laughs> Man says, wait, I thought going to PGA with me was a trip of a lifetime. Yes, totally. Going to the PGA Championship at Oak Hill Country Club with Madden is the dream, which is also what I'll be doing next week. Um, never been to a live golf event before. Uh, something that I don't know if I've ever always wanted to do that, but once the idea was brought up to me by Kristen, I thought, well, this is uh, an experience I feel like I have to have because I love golf so much and I do follow like the majors. So I think it's going to be a really cool experience to be able to see guys like um, fucking Rory McIlroy, uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, maybe Tiger, um, you know, be able to see those guys play. It's, it's, it's going to be really cool. Uh, Money What's Mike. What's happening? When's uh, that happening, Drew? It's next Thursday. That's when we're going. Um, 
So uh, I can finally talk about it now because Kristen told me about this months ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've known about this for a long time. I, sh- I should have. Oh, I didn't you. know when she told you. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know when she told you. So I was like. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be going to the PGA Championship with uh, Madden in the chat. He is one of Angelo's friends. So Angelo's flying up to go with us. Um, I have one of my friends from work who's going to be going with us. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be really cool to see a live major, right? How often you get to see that. Yeah. I haven't golfed yet this season, uh, but I'm looking forward to getting back out there. Yeah. Um, You got to come out and golf, man. I I imagine being at those events, though, has to be like just like really fun just to like kind of like be there. I feel like watching it on TV probably is a lot slower for most people, even if you enjoy golf. But I feel like if you're there at the – like you're just like picturing yourself taking those shots and seeing how great these guys are. That's got, and, and girls that are there. It's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a cool experience. Like I was saying before you got back, like it's an experience I never really thought that I wanted to have. But then when Kristen posed the idea, I was like, huh, I feel like that's something I should take advantage of. And we're going to the Thursday uh, day. So essentially that's the last day before the cut. So there's going to be some high stakes, right? It's not Sunday where everybody's like packed up around hole 18, hoping to see who wins and stuff like that. But it's going to be a cool experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I was also talking about while you were away that the uh, the London games. So obviously those have already been announced. And uh, I'm pretty sure I told you, right? Chris and I are going to try to go. Yeah. Awesome. I, I was I I texted both of you the exact same text to see if either of you like, had a different reaction. Um, where I, I, for context of those of you listening, I texted both Drew and Kristen taking a trip abroad with a London flag as soon as it was announced. And Drew was like, Oh, maybe. And Kristen was like, Why aren't they at home? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Shit, no. Um, but no, we were, we were already planning on going to Ireland for a week. So we were thinking about tacking this on and, and having oh, it kind of be, yeah, that's perfect. Exactly. So it, it, it worked out. It will be an experience of a lifetime. Uh, shout out to Sir Burrito Bandit in the chat, subscribing for 19 months. He says anus, period. Um, and then he says shout out to Mike. So shout hey, out to Sir Burrito Bandit. Sir Burrito, I am rooting for your New York Knicks because I was really hoping for a Knicks versus Celtics Eastern Conference Finals. So I know they're in a tough spot. Uh, Brunson had to play all 48 minutes, Drew, against Miami. Ooh, boy. He didn't sit once. You know, Thibodeau did not want him off of uh, off of the court. So it took everything the Knicks had just to win at home. So they haven't won at Miami yet. That's going to be a really tough environment to uh, to win in. So, I mean, I'm rooting for them. I just don't think they're going to be able to pull it off, unfortunately. I think that playoff Jimmy and the Heat are just a little too tough for them. I think they matchup-wise, the Heat are just, I don't know, they're just more aggressive. They're more, there's just something about the Miami Heat. And I, I hate, I don't hate the Miami Heat. I just hate the Miami Heat when they play the Celtics. Uh, but I really respect the Miami Heat ran by Pat Riley. They really have been a very well-ran organization for 20-plus years. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since you had Pat Riley there, then D-Wade, then Shaq, then LeBron, then Chris Bosh. Uh, Eric Spolster has been a, a, very, a guy who was very disrespected uh, when he first became a head coach. because like, oh, he's not even good. The only reason that they're winning is because of the, the trio, not because of Eric Spolster. No, Eric Spolster is a damn good head coach. He's probably the one of the – he's top – three in the nba i'd say he's probably top, top three t- top three tenured a head coach now at this point right oh but yeah like who else has been coaching longer greg popovich at the same greg team popovich. Uh, well with the same team yeah greg popovich that's it <laughs> yeah 
And then, like, obviously, there are some other guys who have been around for a long time, but they've been kind of jumping from yeah, like team Doc to team. Yeah, Doc Rivers has been around the league for yeah. a long, long time. It's just he's been with, you know, he was with the Magic, and then he was with the Celtics and uh, the Clippers, and now the 76ers, who, by the way, are now trailing 44 to 30. Let's go. Let's go. So, Very hype. Um, yeah, yeah, no, but Eric Spolster is a really, really good head coach, and he fits right in with Pat Riley's philosophy of, of aggression and, and, and never give up. So the Miami Heat are a team that I respect, but um, they're a team that I said before the playoffs, I didn't want to play them in the first round. Um, and so I might have to have to see them again in the Eastern conference finals. Like last year, if the Celtics can get through tonight and Sunday, I'm not going to, you know, count my chickens before they hatch. Did you guys play them in the Eastern conference finals and the, what was it? The bubble season or was it the season? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. So there's, there have been a lot of Eastern conference finals between the Celtics and the heat. And most of them, the heat were triumphant. Uh, but last year we won in game seven at Miami. I still look back at that. And I'm like, we won three games in Miami <laughs> in that series. We, we, we suck at home. We're not a very good home <laughs> team, but we, it's probably because you guys feel the pressure of how much, like how much of a dick the, the Boston fans can be, you know, like once your team's playing bad, they just turn on you guys in a second. <laughs> but that's any fan base in a big city, really. I mean, Philadelphia is that way. So is New York. I mean, the, look at this. The Yankees are the most popular New York team, arguably. I would say they're probably the most popular New York. I mean, I don't live in New York City. Anybody who's in New York City, comment in the chat that if I'm wrong. But I think the Yankees <laughs> are the most popular team in New York City. And it'll be in a regular season game. And they're losing in like the sixth inning. And you hear the boo birds from the fans there. It's like. They're brutal in New York City. <laughs> but no, the Celtics fans at TD Garden are very vicious to the road team, but they can be very vicious to the home team as well. And yeah. to, in all fairness, and they booed the Celtics in game five. These are also the same Boston fans who had the best hockey team in the regular season, and they lost in the first round in game seven at home. So yeah. they're, they're, they're salty right now. They're still in their feelings. Yeah, definitely very frustrated. Uh, Sir Burrito Band in the chat, I think he hasn't confirmed, but I'd say he would confirm that the Yankees are probably the most popular team in New York. Um, I mean, they're one of the most popular teams in the world, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I find I'm saying, it... like, you know, there's 162 games in the regular season in baseball, and Yankee fans in game like five would be booing the team if they're not playing well. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But. I thought about this earlier. I was like, Money Mike has never been on Twitch once in his life. He probably doesn't even know what Twitch is. We've been streaming live on Twitch for the past year. I've been mentioning Sir Burrito Bandit constantly. Like, he could be just a fake person, someone who isn't even real, and you wouldn't even know. Like, maybe I'm just referencing Sir Burrito Bandit as just some I've random I've seen him on Twitter. I've oh, seen him on Twitter. Oh, well, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so I can confirm he is an actual real person, um, and you we know, love him for he, it. If he's not, he's a very, very well-created fictional character by you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Serverito Bandit is my alter ego. Yes. The one that loves the Yankees and loves wrestling and Seth Rollins. Um, but, okay. Sounds good. So, we got our NBA update. Celtics are winning. That's good. Money Mike's happy for now. We'll see how it, for now. How it ends up. I feel like the, the Sixers are not, like, the best, like, comeback team. Right? They're all about yeah, I mean, playing good defense their... and controlling the game themselves from the beginning. They really like in game five. They really control the pace of the game, and so far this game, the Celtics have been the team that it's doing that. So, yeah, I I mean they've been able to make runs against us in this series, but I feel like if we get out ahead from them, we're gonna we're gonna win. Yeah. So, right now we're up by twelve with three minutes to go in the second quarter. So, as long as we just hold our own for the rest of the the half, we'll be up at halftime. So it just depends on how we come out in the third. If we come out in the third hitting shots, I think that we could uh, see. I could see Doc Rivers waving the white flag midway through the fourth, being like, all right, 
got to save Joel for the for game seven. Same with yeah. James Harden. But we have to, you know, in order for them to do that, we have to be up by like 20. Right now we're up by 12. So we'll see. But I, the I, NFL schedule is out, Drew. Oh, it's fully it's out. out now, huh? Okay. All right. Well, we'll dive into that next then. Um, I see here that the first first game of the NFL season on September 7th, my birthday, is the Lions going to Kansas City to face Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Unless I am wrong. Am I right? No, that's the open. That is the opening game All of right. the season, and uh, it was a shocker because I thought that the NFL would really relish the opportunity to have it be a Super Bowl rematch. They've done that in the past uh, because usually, you know, you don't play a team out of your conference except for every four years. So it's rare that it happens to be this following year you met that team you saw in the Super Bowl, and they have that this year with the Eagles scheduled to go to Kansas City. So I was certain that was going to be the opener. But uh, they're actually saving that for later on in the season. And they went with the Detroit Lions. And the only logic I can come up with for this is the NFL wants to try to recapture that Jared Goff versus Patrick Mahomes 54-51 to 51, um, game that they had. Do you remember that in, in Los Angeles, that really epic offensive game a few years ago yeah. between Los Angeles and Kansas City? And people really hoping that would be the Super Bowl, except Tom Brady and the Patriots got in the way of that. <laughs> Who would have thought the Lions would... The people are still bitter about. But, yeah. uh, Who would have thought yeah, the Lions no. would have been the kickoff game for this, this season? How, how things have changed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. But you know what? That's a sign of respect to the Detroit Lions. People are starting to take them seriously. I mean, a lot of people are high on them. I, to me, they still have to prove it. They have to actually do it before I crown them, you know, the NFC North champions. Yeah, uh, but I think that there's a lot of hype around the Detroit Lions. The Vikings are going to be a team that people are questioning with Kirk Cousins. That's just always how it's going to be with them. And Aaron Rodgers left to go to New York, so it's uh, it's a division that's wide open for the taking, and people are high on the Detroit Lions. People are high on the Detroit Lions. I'm sure you just saw me throw my fists in the air and angry. I the... I, I saw you throw your fists in the air, but I couldn't tell if it was anger or if it was excitement. <laughs> and I'm looking at your I'm, – I'm imagining it has to do with the Jags. No, it so doesn't. I'm looking at the Jags' it schedule. I'm trying to figure huh? – well, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to do with the Jags. It has to do with your fucking team. So basically what's going on is they're playing at the Bills on October 15th. That is the week if I go to London that I'm going to be in Ireland because it's going to be the uh, week after the, the, the Jags-Bills game. Motherfucker. Oh, so I'm going to miss out on both of them. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Going to going to Ireland and going to London is going to be fantastic. So I can't be angry about it. It's a it's a blessing. So well, you'll be able to go. You'll be able to go to the London game. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so yeah. I mean that that does suck. But you know, I know my dad wants to go to the game. He's. I know he was not going to go if it was in December. So I, <laughs> the fact that it's at the beginning of October, I'm like, okay, I can yeah. convince him to go with me to this one. Week six. So you, that that's good too because you'll be getting them. Um, Right after they get back from London, too. Uh, well, it looks like it's uh, is that a a Sunday night game too? Ooh, oh, that's shit. a Sunday night game. It's a Sunday night primetime game. I don't know if my dad's gonna want to do that now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It's gonna be late. He's gonna have to deal with a lot of shit. But um, I'm gonna try to figure out a way to go. Yeah, you'll go. You'll you'll be able to find some people to go. That'll be fun. Um, that's cool though, man. I mean, Giants Bills Sunday night. That's gonna be fun. Sunday night football. That's that's insane. That's awesome though. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. Oh, man, you can't. You can't not go, dude. Like I know. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm going. I'm gonna find a way to go. I'll probably just take a vacation day that Monday or something, or switch my day off, just to kind of like make sure that I'm there. 
Yeah. And I'm not too tired the next Monday. <laughs> yeah. You got to no, Yeah. That's, that's that. So, yeah. So I'm looking at the Giants' schedule. Here's my uh, live reaction to this. So I had predicted that we were going to play Dallas week one. Just normally when we play Dallas week one, it's at Dallas and we're starting off at home. Um, but we had gotten rumors that the Giants were going to have um, six road games uh, out of their first 10 games. It doesn't look like that's the case, but they have of their first uh, one, two, three, four, five, six games, four are on the road. Um, they have Dallas and then they week two, they at Arizona at San Fran. That's two tough games back to back Seattle. So we're really going strong on the NFC West here. Miami, yeah. You're Buffalo, just getting all the games out of the way. Yeah. Right I mean, away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're ending the season, which is in a weird way. Two of our last three games are against Philadelphia. So, I mean, if we're, I feel like that happens race, to you all the time. Like if you play one of your division opponents, like twice in the last three weeks, I feel like that it's happens usually Philadelphia. Um, yeah. and, but usually it's like we play them um, like right after Thanksgiving and then the last week of the season or the second to last week of the season. But this is really strange. The two of the last three games, I mean, if we're in the hunt for the division with them and they're as better than us as they were last year, we're fucked. I mean, <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so pissed when we played on Christmas Day for a few reasons. One, um, I'm a family man. Don't get me wrong. But my brothers all hate football. Um, or they, they just don't care about it. And I had to watch last Christmas Eve the Giants-Vikings on mute while we were opening gifts. Now, look, I want to spend time with my family, but I also want to watch the Giants. So <laughs> the best we're playing on holidays, like, uh... like, it's, just, it's just kind of annoying. And Again, I love my family to death, believe me, but none of them are into sports. And so it's kind of tough when the Celtics always play on Christmas Day. Which again, that's going to be the case too. Celtics are going to be playing on Christmas Day. I didn't really get to watch the Celtics versus Milwaukee on Christmas because they were like, "We don't want to watch that. Let's watch something we all enjoy." And I'm like, yeah. "Ugh," you know. <laughs> so, I mean, you can always just pull it up on your phone, right, and just watch it on the side, like be your own little like gremlin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it looks like you guys have five primetime games. That's uh, pretty par for the course, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, New York market, and we're actually like competitive, so yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's fun. And it's all teams that, like, you know, there's some kind of story behind each. Like, you know, San Francisco, Giants and the 49ers have had a rivalry since the 80s. Um, the Buffalo Bills in-state. I know we don't actually play in the state, Buffalo fans. <laughs> but New York, they represent New York City. Get over it. Uh, so it's New York, New York in that regard. Um, let's see. Who else is it? Uh, Green Bay. We've had those NFC Championship games against the Packers. So, yeah, I mean, I'm... Um, look, it's it, I don't know how to react to it because Arizona's not that great. Neither is Seattle, so we play both of them early. Seattle, when we play them, it's usually whoever's at home wins. So we're at home this time, so I feel like we can beat them. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, the Patriots aren't as good. Green Bay's not going to be as good. Who knows with New Orleans? Who knows with LA? It's so, so impossible though to look prior to the season and be like win loss win loss win loss and be even close like like i feel like the nfl is just ridiculous and you have to take it week by week um yeah but that's you exciting guys... yeah I, our schedule isn't out yet at least i can where you able yeah to find i've got it? it up in front of me what what, what website i'm on espn.com what the fuck i'm on espn so you guys open against the colts and you play the chiefs week two saw that yeah um okay here we go yep, i got it yep so, when do we play? Who was I thinking of? I don't even remember. You closed, the, you closed at Tennessee. Oh, shit. 
oh shit we got our first monday night football game in like 15 years baby let's go small town team go prime time prime time Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow for the rest of their careers will always be a prime time because they met in the championship in college football. Uh, yeah, you guys have Monday night against Cincinnati at home versus Cincinnati, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, you guys play on Thursday night against the Saints. You have the two London games. Looks like we play Sunday night against Baltimore, but they put that late in the season so that they could flex it if they need to. Yeah, that could change. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here's an interesting thing. You guys have this amazing streak going against the Indianapolis Colts when they come to Jacksonville. And yeah. you have your two back-to-back London games and then the Colts game. So that's a three-game stretch where I'm like, Jacksonville can make a run for themselves. But I really think that the Jacksonville Jaguars um, are going to be a very a very competitive team in the AFC. And you guys are right in the mix against – you're playing Kansas City, you're playing Baltimore, you're playing Buffalo, um, you're playing Cincinnati. So you really are going to measure where you stand – Mm-hmm. in the AFC in those particular games because that's the thing with everyone's hyped on the AFC and how good everybody is but the thing with that is that they're all going to be playing each other so I feel like the records won't show how good all those teams really are going playoff time like and there's not going to be a team in the AFC I feel like that's going to be like 13 and 3 I feel like everyone's going to be like 11 and 5 you yeah. know you know it's going all, to be they're like they're going to beat each other yeah yeah they're going to beat each other I mean I'm sure there'll be one team that just you know, does play a little bit better. There's going to be a team, there's gonna gonna be a team that plays a little worse. That's just how it is. But from now on, I the will... fucking Chiefs are the Patriots. I am going to pick them to be fucking good until they're not. Because I am sick yeah. of being like, oh, this is the year the Chiefs aren't that good. And then they just fucking win again. Get sick but of the it. Jags... <laughs> the Jags having this in their favor. Their last three three games. If Tennessee is at all worse than they were last year, that's good for you. And your yeah. last three games are Tampa, Carolina, Tennessee. Yeah. I, I mean, let me put it this way. I know some people are saying, oh, the Jags could end up getting themselves a high seed in the AFC because they, they play in the AFC South. We need to win at least five of the six AFC South matchups. And we need to win at least three of the four NFC South matchups or else it's a failure. Like there's no reason we shouldn't. With the way that we ended the season, winning seven of the last eight, we should bring that momentum with the exact same team and win those games at least. So then that kind of gives us a buffer against the teams like Cincinnati, Buffalo, New, uh, Kansas City, like those really good teams that are, are going to be tough to win. We could win, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I think that one team we have to talk about that we haven't talked about yet is Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. <laughs> a lot of hype around the New York Jets. They had a really good defensive roster last year. Yeah. And now they've brought in Aaron Rodgers, which, by the way, somebody pointed this out to me, and I think it's really, really funny, is that Aaron Rodgers for years complained about the weapons he had in Green Bay. And I saw this meme that goes, welcome to New York, Aaron. And he goes, thanks. And it's like, what weapons do we need to put around you? The weapons I had in Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He just brought them all over with him. He's That's an interesting situation. But they're, the thing is, their defense is going to be fantastic. And I was kind of talking about it initially when you left that you're big on the Jets. And I told him, I was like, there's no chance he's not picking the Jets to win that division. And he's probably going to put the Bills at fourth. <laughs> I wouldn't say fourth. Like I said, I think I think third is respectable in that division. But uh, yeah, I, I am, I, I'm confident in the New York Jets. I think that they have good coaching. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think that Aaron Rodgers is taking it seriously. And Aaron is always at his best when he's trying to prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. When he's trying to, when he's like so motivated and trying to prove people wrong. The last few years in Green Bay, he seems disinterested. He has like a weird haircut and looks like a hippie and doesn't <laughs> look like he takes showers um, and just is passive aggressive and all this. He comes to the Jets the day after the trade, clean cut haircut, working hard at the facility. To, like he's going around the city to Rangers games and Knicks games um, and just like, he just looks like he's really taking it seriously, at least this first year. Who knows if they how the, it goes, if he'll change, if he'll – but it seems like he's coming in very motivated and really taking it seriously. And I think that um, with that defense that they had last year, if they're the same or better um, with Aaron Rodgers added to it, I think it just makes them really dangerous. And we're going to see how he stacks up against the Bills week one. And I know it's just week one, but that game could be – because the NFL only has 17 games – that could be a tiebreaker scenario for that division if you lose that game. So it's monumental for both teams to win that game. Yeah. And so I think it's smart of the NFL to put it right away. Um, it's going to be on Monday night football, the first Monday night football game of the season. I know Troy Aikman said earlier, he's really hyped that that's the, the way that they're starting the season off. Um, and uh, I, I like the, I like the jets right now in that game because the jets were competitive with the bills last year with Zach Wilson at quarterback. So um, we'll just see, but I, I, I'm still, you know, respectfully going to say for the Bills, they should win the AFC East because they are the team that has shown that they they have done it the last few years. So they're the team that will have the expectations to win it from Vegas, and they still should. I'm just not in line with Vegas's thinking. Uh, I just they, the they need to figure out how why they were struggling against the Jets when Zach Wilson was starting. Get rid of all that juju. Because if they go in, in this, with the same feeling with Aaron Rodgers starting, they're going to be fucked. <laughs> so so there, there's a lot they're going to need to work on, um, I think, to to maintain this greatness that they've had, too. Because they've lost some pieces. They lost Tremaine Edmonds. Um, they still don't really have that number two guy, a wide receiver. They ended up drafting another tight end who's supposed to be a very good receiver. Um, so obviously that can help. Um, but it, it, it's going to have to be hero ball from Josh Allen again. Like, I feel like that's... That that's just a given at this point with with the Bills, especially coming into the season. I don't know if Bills fans will disagree or agree with me, but um, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. We're looking at the Bills schedule here. Tough schedule. Uh, Madden says in the chat that the Jets really hard schedule. Eleven wins, maybe second in the division, could win, could finish third. I guess that just kind of speaks to how good the AFC East could be if Tua Tagovailoa ends up playing for Miami as well. Um, yeah. But this it, it this is going to be a fantastic NFL season, man. I am so hyped. Every there are so many. It, honestly, it seems like there are so many like good teams. Like we have the whole NFC South and three teams in the AFC South that are going to be garbage, hopefully. But then beyond that, it's like everybody else is, is should be decent. You know, we should have some some good games this year. What do you think about Denver? I wish Steve was on the uh, on the pod. Do you think they're going to make a jump with Sean Payton at at, a head coach? I think they will be better, but I think this AFC is just so loaded with talent more than them that I'm just like, because I I still, even with Sean Payton, they're like, I I really respect Sean Payton. I think he was really, the Chargers should have dropped their guy and gone after Sean Payton. And I think that that would have really up, up their chances, but um, I think he'll clean them up. I just think that Kansas city, and Los Angeles are better than them right now as it stands. They, they might be better than the Raiders, but that's not really saying much. 
Um, and I, the, you have the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins in the AFC East. You have the Ravens, the Bengals, and with Deshaun Watson coming back for Cleveland on a full season, full off season to get prepared, they could be a lot better than they were. Um, Mike Tomlin's still in Pittsburgh. I know Steve is the one person on this podcast who doesn't always believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I, I think that Pickett's going to make a, a sophomore jump. So I think Pittsburgh's going to be competitive. Um, so it's just the, that that conference is just so loaded with, and you've got Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. You've got, you know, Mike Vrabel's Titans just play hard every game. They're going to be a team that's just going to be a thorn in people's sides. Probably your Jags as, as always. Um, <laughs> so it's Cautious just it's a loaded it's a loaded conference. It is just a loaded conference. So I think that Denver will be better than they were, but that's not really saying much. And it really, if Russell Wilson's not, not really good, saying. if Russell Wilson's not good, man, this is just like oh, it's a mess. pathetic. It's a mess. I'm yeah. looking also at who's playing on Thanksgiving. I always like to check that out. So it looks like it's Detroit Green Bay. That's usually a you know pretty common Thanksgiving matchup. So not surprised that that's one of the games. And then they've got Washington versus Dallas. I just don't know who the um who the other game is going to be for that week so i'm gonna try to track that down week yeah. 12 i have the minnesota vikings schedule up here uh, i guess i know okay. steve steve is probably uh looking at this right now as we speak uh they start off the the year against tampa bay man what, what do you make of tampa bay how bad are they gonna be they're gonna be oh, terrible they right? Mayfield, so they're gonna be fantastic right huh. <laughs> you know um <laughs> But my, yeah. my prediction I, is they're going to look very similar to what happened last year. I remember the Vikings came out and destroyed the Packers in the first week, and then they ended up having to play Philly in week two, I'm pretty sure, right? Well, it wasn't, wasn't that the <laughs> – so they got to do yeah, that again. They, well, I, I think, yeah, <laughs> and they got their butts kicked. I know that. that was, yeah. Uh, the other Thanksgiving game, by the way, is San Francisco at Seattle. That's the primetime game. So, uh, okay. yeah, Minnesota last year, you know, I, I just – with the Vikings – I've just noticed over the years, and Steve concurred this the other day, they're just a team that's up and down every single year. Like, one year they're up, the next year they're down. One year they're up, next year they're down. So, yeah, they play Tampa, then they play Philadelphia, then they play Los Angeles. Um, then they go to Carolina, which Carolina could be one of those upstart teams with, with Young. I don't know how good he's going to be, but that could be an, a potential game where Carolina can win that. Then you play the Chiefs uh, at Chicago. We'll see how good Justin Fields is going to be. You play San Francisco, then – um at green bay who knows how good jordan love's going to be so there's a lot of ifs here but uh, their schedule is really tough man their schedule is really tough i just don't I, I i have a feeling that someone other than the vikings wins the nfc north this year i mean i feel like the lions are the hot pick right like like it's because they ended the season so so well that they, they're dan campbell's such a fun coach to root for they're a new team that's a, a franchise that has been in the dumpster for who knows how long you know yeah. Um, so I feel like the, the, the lions are like the fun pick and the Vikings are definitely the, the pick that would also be understandable. I think the bears and Packers that they're, they're going to be Packers are the biggest question mark. I mean, I was said it earlier. I was like, I will believe that the Packers are going to finish with a poor record when I see it because we haven't seen it in that. Well, <laughs> like... well, put it to you this way. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was six and 10, his first year as a starter. And that was a team that came off of going to the NFC championship game the year before, you know, yeah. where they lost to the New York giants. Um, <laughs> so it was a good roster, but his first year, he was six and 10 Jordan love ain't Aaron Rodgers. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the Packers have a chance to be okay. It just depends on how Jordan love is. Cause the, the reason I say that they have a chance to be okay is because the NFC as a whole is not very good. I mean, the NFC North 
has some question marks in the Packers, the Bears, who knows what the Vikings and the Lions, like, again, they, they could be really good, both really good, or the hype could be all fake and it could be the same old Lions and the Vikings could have one of their down years. So I'm really questioning the North. Um, the South is a big question mark. I mean, who knows how good Derek Carr is going to be in New Orleans. Um, who knows how good Young's going to be for Carolina. Um, and Atlanta, no one he's really considering to be any kind of threat. Um, and Tampa Bay has Baker Mayfield. I mean, <laughs> come on. And so, um, the, 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 and then in the West, you have Los Angeles, who, if they're healthy, are they going to bounce back and be that Super Bowl caliber team they were two years ago? Or are they just going to be okay? Who knows? You've got Arizona with Kyler Murray on that big contract, but the rest of the roster is kind of meh, you yeah. know? So, uh, and then they have Seattle, the most expensive wide receiver room in the NFL, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's how much money D Hop is making. Yeah. And then Seattle is a team that's like, okay, was, was Geno Smith's season last year um, who Geno Smith is for the future, or was it kind of a Flash that was a good hand. year? Yeah. 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 Um, San Francisco's for real, Philadelphia's for real. I think that both I think the Giants have improved and I think the Giants are going to be just as good, if not better than they were last year. I'm not saying that because I'm a fan of the team. I'm just looking at their roster and how they've improved upon it significantly uh, already since last year. It's just a matter of Daniel Jones is in the same kind of boat as Geno Smith was what his improvements were last year, who he's going to continue to be or if not better. Or is he going yeah, to I be hope someone so, who... dude? You got paid a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, you hope so. What about me? <laughs> For your sake, I um, hope so. Yeah. Dallas, Dallas is changing their play caller to Mike McCarthy. Their offensive coordinator went to the Chargers, and they're one of the best defensive teams in the NFC. So I think that both, I think the NFC East is going to be the strongest division again. With the Eagles are still the best team in not only the NFC East but the NFC as a whole. They've just improved their roster. Fuck them. They had a fucking great draft again. They <laughs> I hate how they have the the best front office in the in the league, but they do. So you've got the Eagles, you've got the Giants, you've got the Cowboys. Um you've got um the 49ers. Uh, to me those are the top 4 teams in the NFC. Yeah. And they're really and, the only good teams in the NFC. Right. Well, I, I mean they're, 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 yeah, the Giants. I, mean, I feel like if, if the Giants that. were in the the South, they win the division. I feel like if yeah. they were in the North, they win the division. But that's not how football works. We all know that. So I I see the Giants winning a wild card spot again, but maybe they'll be the top wild card this time around. Who knows? Yeah. Um, the other thing that is a wild thing with the NFL is injuries. Yeah. You know, there's going to be one team or two or multiple that are going to get plagued with the injury bug. Um, and it could be the Giants, could be the Jags. You know, it could happen to us. It could happen to somebody else. But um, that's a big going to be a big factor in the AFC with how big the pool is of really good teams. It's like, well, one team would have been good, but they got so many injuries that happened to them. Um, but one thing we have to talk about is Baltimore because Baltimore has had this cloud over the last two, three seasons with Lamar Jackson, of whether or not he's going to get paid, if he's going to get a fully guaranteed contract, is he going to hold out to play? That is all done and settled. Yeah, finally. Jesus. So I now it's been like three seasons. So, so now Lamar Jackson, if he has like a little injury, but he can play through it, he's not going to hold out and not play. He'll be playing in those big critical games. I think part of the reason like last year, where he got hurt at the end of the year and they made the playoffs, but they were eliminated first round. I think that the Ravens now know that they have a guy who's locked in and he's going to be giving his all because he knows that he's going to be paid. So Baltimore, the last two seasons, have started off really strong. And I think this is the year that they have a really, really good season. Like, I think they win their division over Cincinnati. And I think that they will be one of the top seeds in the playoffs. Now, whether or not that Lamar can actually show up in the playoffs and play well, that's a question, but I think that in the regular season, the Ravens will be that team in the AFC that people will be like, 
okay, we have to go to Baltimore to play them. I right. I have a feeling about that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I know. I feel like you love to root, root for Baltimore, right? Because I feel like you picked them to win the Super Bowl. What was it last year or two years ago? <laughs> I always have a good feeling about them. I always, I've always, I always liked Harbaugh. Um, yeah. And uh, I remember there was a season, the season they won the Super Bowl. I was so on the Baltimore bandwagon that playoff run. One, the Giants weren't there, so I had to get excited about something. But <laughs> I remember the game that they played against the Colts. Not the Colts. Uh, I'm thinking because Peyton Manning was there. Denver. They had to go to Denver. It was De- Peyton Manning's first year with the Broncos. They had the best record in the AFC. They were at home throughout the playoffs. And I said that Baltimore was going to win that game. And everyone that we knew was like, no, no way. Denver's going to kill him. Like, and they were, no one was picking Baltimore, okay, except me. That's how I felt. And the Ravens forced overtime and won. And I was like, from that week on, I was like, I am riding this train all the way through. I want, you know, this is, I want this to go this way. And they won the Super Bowl. So I was like, yeah, I called it. Cause we, you remember those things in fantasy football um, in the postseason where you pick a lineup of guys. Um, and yeah. if they won or like you, if you got to keep them and their points like doubled, if they stayed in the playoffs, yep. I picked all Ravens players like in the first round. And so I was able to just keep them throughout the whole thing. And I won that, whatever that was. I yeah, don't know, I <laughs> the playoff challenge or whatever. Yeah, Money, uh, like, you heard it here first. Money Mike never forgets, man. He, he he will rest on his laurels until the day he dies. I'm telling you right now. I I, I told the story, Drew, to, to do, I was uh, walking. Uh, I stopped in the, the old neighborhood. I walked uh, the dog, Minnie, around the circle because it was a nice day. Get her outside. And I was telling the story about our seven-game series in the hood, that classic seven-game series. You and I had a one-on-one basketball and how it ended on a bank shot in overtime. <laughs> oh, man, I was devastated after that, man. That, that was tough. We, we, we took that shit seriously back in the day. But um, all right, well, why don't you give us a quick review? We'll, we'll both give our quick reviews of how our teams did in the draft, and I think we'll, we'll call it a day there, Money. Well, we can start with you. What do you think of the Giants draft? Do you think they did well? I know they kind of missed out. Uh, did, didn't they miss out on missed out on a receiver? But you guys were still able to get a pretty decent one. Yeah, we got um, we we were able to. Well, first we needed a cornerback, so we went and got uh, Deontay Banks from uh, from Maryland, and he's really really good. So he was hyped up as probably one of the, if not the best corner in the draft. So I was really excited about that. And then we got um, I, I'm, his name escapes me at the moment, but he was a center from. Uh, Minnesota, and so we addressed the offensive line. That's something the Giants always need. But then we got Hyatt from Tennessee, who tore his ACL, uh, but he's really, really flashy and really, really has really good hands. So I'm excited about him. And I actually, I'm excited that we took this running back from um, from Oklahoma because who knows what's going to happen with Saquon Barkley? There's a lot of questions there, um, and so that was exciting. Even though that was a late round pick, I just feel like the Giants have done really, really well since Joe Shane and Brian Dable have come into the organization, like Joe Shane and GM, Brian Dable as head coach, they, they are good friends outside of being in the organization uh, from their time in Buffalo together. So they really respect one another, but they just work really well together. And so it's been really, really good for the franchise. And so I'm excited uh, for what we did in the draft. I think that, and you know that you're not having a biased fan reaction, when you see people on like ESPN, Fox Sports, and all these sports media platforms, they validate giving the Giants like they're validating it. They're saying that yeah. their draft was either A minus, B plus, you know, an A. Like and everyone's like giving them at least like a, a a high grade, and that that is exciting. If you're someone like me, 
I know some people are like B plus isn't high. Well, for someone like me, it is. Okay, <laughs> B plus <is> good. <laughs> my my man got less than a B plus in oceanography. I'm pretty sure. I barely passed oceanography. <laughs> oh my god, that was, I was not built. I was not built in college to go to 8 a.m. classes. So I had oceanography at 8 a.m. one semester. I had accounting one semester for 8 a.m. Now okay, you you are an accountant, so uh, or you you had an accounting uh, degree. You know how boring that is. Oh yeah. You don't want that course at eight o'clock in the morning when you're a guy who usually stays up till midnight watching like games on ESPN. Oh yeah, I had eight a.m. accounting classes all the time. It fucking sucked. I ended up getting my degree in accounting, got a CPA, and then worked as an accountant. It fucking sucked. And there's a reason why I do what I do today, which is not accounting. Um, but I guess we'll we'll move on to the Jaguars here very quickly. The Jaguars, they had a fantastic first round. They ended up originally having to pick at spot 24, I believe, and they ended up trading with your Giants to move back and get some late-round picks, trading with the Bills then to move back and get some late-round picks, and then they ended up drafting an offensive lineman that they think I think they would have gotten either way. So they were able to get themselves some picks, um, and uh, the offensive lineman should be a guy that can start for us right away and be a big help especially since our left tackle got suspended uh, the day before. So that was good. Um, and then the grades, at least from the exports, kind of went down. Now, I know you said earlier that the Philadelphia Eagles had the best draft of the league. I would have to disagree. I think it was the Jaguars. And you know why? We ended up drafting a guy named Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. All right. I don't care what any other team did. We grabbed the guy with the best name in the draft, and that that means something. All right. But no. Tank Bixby, he's a running back. Uh, I think he, he's more of a bruiser, obviously. And he um, he's going to be the perfect guy, I think, to compliment Travis Etienne. I think that's their, that was their thought. Um, so that's what we ended up doing. And then we ended up waiting a little too long to draft corners, to gra- gra- draft secondary, which I think is the weakest part of our team. Um, but overall, it wasn't a bad draft. It wasn't a great draft. It was kind of down the middle. All right, well, in you guys are in a good spot, I think, uh, with the roster that you have. It's just uh, Trevor Lawrence, again, is he going to make another leap uh, from where yeah. he was last year? Yeah, and... I, was th- I was talking to Chris uh, this past weekend, Chris Dorgalski. Um, he's been on the show before. Big Eagles fan, big Philadelphia 76ers fan, so you guys have been rivals over the past uh, week or so. We, um, I'm, I'm actually texting him right now. I told him that <laughs> you know, I'll share his thoughts if he doesn't mind. Uh, I said <laughs> You know, he was saying how he was, you know, they were down by seven and a half time. He goes, as bad as the Sixers have played, I'm actually okay that we're down by seven. I believe we can close it out. And I said, well, if you guys don't close it out tonight, you guys aren't winning the series. And he said he doesn't Ooh. believe that. And I said, well, well, we'll see. I mean, but the Celtics have to win tonight. It doesn't really matter until this game is over with. Uh, and he's still saying he has faith the Sixers are going to win. So for those of anybody that's going to listen to this uh, on Spotify later, they're going to be like, man, Money Mike sounded so arrogant and confident during this podcast if the Celtics don't win. Oh, that reminds me. Okay. Take your moment to gloat. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. Son of a bitch. I try. I, 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 see, guys, I try to give this man, as a friend, I'm trying to get him emotionally prepared for what is to come. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be the wet blanket. I'm not trying to be the guy who's, you know, you take this warm shower and then someone comes up behind you and dumps an ice bucket of water on you. I'm not trying to do that. But I said, what did I say, Drew? You uh, go ahead. You said that the Kings are going to lose in the first round no matter who they played. They ended up playing... The Golden State Warriors and lost in seven in a fantastic series, by the way. But um, you're right. Great I was wrong. So much fun to watch. Yes. Yes. You were right. I was wrong. 
<laughs> it was it was one of those great series. But as soon as I saw that they were playing Golden State, I'm like, well, this is over. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to have to approach it with that much confidence and be like, there's no chance. I don't know if that was warranted, but you ended up being right by a very razor thin margin because the the game was close and game seven was very close until about maybe halfway through the fourth. So like it was this close. The thing was, is they were against the team that sucked on the road. The Golden State Warriors won 11 road games in the season. Now you play 41 of them. They won only 11. Yeah. So, and they, and the Kings did their job. They won games one, two, and they won the pivotal game five at home, but they could not win in Golden State. And you left it to game seven and Golden State has won. I think it's 18 straight. They've won in 18 straight series. They've won at least one game on the road. And so they won game seven. And for the record, they have not won it on the road in the series against the Lakers. The last game will be uh, game six tomorrow night in Los Angeles. That'll be the last road game for the Warriors in this series. That's why I think that the Warriors are going to beat the Lakers because they're going to win game six and then go home and close it out in game seven. They're just a, a, such a pain in the ass team to try to beat four times. I have still PTSD about last year's finals because we, we won game one in Golden State. We won game three in Boston and we lost game. We lost the next three games and we're out. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're a tough team to beat, man. The Kings, the Kings are a fun team. They're going to be De'Aaron Fox is going to be a superstar in this league for years. And I think that the, the Sacramento Kings are a team that's going to be back on the NBA map for the next few seasons and will be competitive in the West. Um, it's just, I just, I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like, well, they're good in the regular season, but can they do it in the playoffs? I don't think so. And then when I saw they were playing Golden State, I, I was like, well, I know that's not going to that's not gonna go well. But they did better than I thought in the round. The, the end result yeah. was still the same. Close doesn't count, man. Yeah, that's uh, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. I always hate losing to Money Mike in anything. We've been talking about that. Um, okay. Well, I think that's where we'll wrap up our show today. Uh, gave you guys a good hour here. Uh, it's great, great to be back. Great to do a show. Um, like we always say during the off season, the, the episodes are sporadic, but we very much appreciate everybody in the chat. Who's been hanging out, everybody who listens to the show when it comes out afterwards, uh, money, Mike, I'm rooting for your Boston Celtics. I texted you the other day. I was like, I know how much Chris cares, but I know for a fact, money, Mike cares a lot more. So I'm going to root for Boston. Um, yeah, <laughs> got so. the Celtics, uh, Sure, I've got my Red Sox, but it's a green hat. I've got my Celtics decor around my apartment. So, yeah, we're, as we're finishing this up, Celtics are up seven like they were at halftime with seven minutes and 40 seconds to go. Uh, they just turned the ball over, and now we are only up by five. Fuck Joel Embiid. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you're getting some hate in the chat here. Men says no one cares about Boston sports. Hey, there's someone on this podcast that cares and that's money. Mike Gilchrist. shout out to Sir Burrito bandit as well. Saying fuck the Astros and fuck Aaron Hicks. Fuck the Rays. Yeah. He's kind of angry these days. Uh, Yankees are not looking that great. No, they're not, but I, I, I'm not <laughs> Red Sox aren't that much better than them. So <laughs> I feel, his, I feel his frustration. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays have like the third lowest payroll in baseball and they're one of the best teams. How does that happen? I mean, especially when you're the Red Sox and the Yankees, you should have the highest payrolls. You should be able to buy all the best players, but it hasn't been going that way. <laughs> yeah, has not been going that way, but uh, that's all right because it's a long baseball season. It's a long time till the NFL season starts. It's unfortunate, but it is summertime. Everybody go out, enjoy yourselves. Go outside, you freaking bums, uh, me included. I'm talking to myself as well. Money Mike, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Like I said, hope your Celtics win. Uh, shout Thank out 
Yeah, of course. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to everybody listening to the show and take care.